This is Derek Bros. Derek Bros. This is Derek Bros. of the Conscious Resistance. I'm here in Standing Rock. That man is wanted in five different countries: Chile, Argentina, Brazil. We've been fighting a long time. We've all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. fucking tease that horse! You are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. Above all, stay alive. You have no idea how important. Hey everyone, this is Derek Bros with the Conscious Resistance Network, and today we are going to be talking about my latest article for The Last American Vagabond on digital identity and the dangers of digital identity, something that I've been warning about for years. Many people, you know, not just me, but many people have been warning about this as we've recognized the world we're, we're creeping into, and I think more of you are understanding this in the age of COVID-1984. If you can hear me okay, let me know. I am currently live on Facebook live on Rockfin, live on DLive, and uh, one other place, Odyssey. So if you want to check us out outside of Facebook, I encourage you to do that. Before we go any further, I want to let you know that if you want to follow along with the story that I'm going to cover, go to theconsciousresistance.com. That is where I've been broadcasting my content, my documentaries, my books, my articles, my interviews, and videos like this. You can go to this this post here, is Digital Identity Paving the Road to Digital Hell? And that'll link you to the article that I'm going to be covering. Um, and I do want to encourage you to bookmark this website hit control D and visit us at least once a week, if not a couple times a week, because I'm constantly putting out new content. And very soon we're gonna have a couple new contributors to the site as well, and I'm excited about that. Uh, one other final note I'll mention before we get started is, some of you will know that I got kicked off of YouTube in 2000, October 2020 for COVID misinformation for doing the work that I do. And uh, I had 65,000 subscribers, we had over 5 million views, and it was all deleted overnight. But thankfully, my work has continued to grow elsewhere uh, in the last two years. Now, the people who only follow me on YouTube, maybe they thought I stopped existing, but the rest of you, you know that I've never stopped producing content. Well, long story short, I decided to relaunch this YouTube channel in an effort to reach some of the normies and regular people who only watch things on YouTube. So if you have friends out there who are interested in that, I'll share the link real quick, but you should just be able to search either my name, Derek Bros, or The Conscious Resistance and find this. I've only added a couple of videos so far. This video will be included. And then starting this week, I'll be live streaming to YouTube again as well. So yeah, if you're on YouTube and you refuse to leave, then I guess you're in luck that um, I'm coming back. So uh, you have that to look forward to. And mainly for those of you who are watching me already on Odyssey and Rockfin and DLive, I appreciate that. But that, I'm going back on YouTube for your friends who wouldn't find me elsewhere because they're not ready to switch to the alternative platforms. So we're going to talk about this article I wrote for The Last American Vagabond where I produce regular articles on a weekly basis. This week I'll have a new article. This article was just published in the last couple of days, and it's called New York University School of Law Warns Digital ID is, quote, paving a digital road to hell. Those are not my words. So New York University's Center for Human Rights and Global Justice, they issued a chilling warning about the potential dangers to human rights, which are posed by the push for digital identity. And I thought this article was really good because, uh, I mean, this report from NYU, hopefully you think my article is worth, was good and worth reading, but the report from NYU, I think, was worth taking note of because, again, maybe this is something that those of us in the know, in the community, the truth community, freedom community, conspiracy community, what have you, 
already understand digital identity, its role that it's going to be playing in the Great Reset and uh, central bank digital currencies, things like this. Maybe some of you don't. We're going to talk about that today. But for those of us who know, maybe this isn't a big story. Okay, cool. Some university acknowledges that we're headed to a dangerous place. But this isn't for you. You have to think strategically, at least I try to. When I write articles, this is not meant for those of you who already know what's going up, those of you who are awake already or maybe black-pilled and who think things are hopeless. No, this is meant for your friends and family who think that people like us are crazy. If your friends and family think you are crazy for having concerns about the digital world that we're being pushed into, these are the kind of reports you want to show them to. You want to show them the uh, report from the Center for Human Rights and Global Justice which is at New York University School of Law. Why? Because normal people think if something comes from a university, from academia, well, clearly it's something I should pay attention to. But if it's just my weirdo cousin, sister, brother, uncle, you know, talking about conspiracy theories on the internet, well, that's nothing I should pay attention to, right? So think strategically in that way. That's why I put together articles like this. It's not necessarily for those of you who already get what's happening. It is uh, for those out there who might think you're crazy and won't listen unless some university is or some you know nonprofit is talking about it. So the report from New York University School of Law, Center for Human Rights and Global Justice is titled Paving a Digital Road to Hell. And you can look at it here. It's a 100 page report. So it's pretty in depth. This isn't just like a couple of sentences saying, hey, digital IDs are bad. No, this organization has, they've done quite a good job of going through and looking at uh, digital identity schemes that are taking place around the world. And this includes, they talk about India's ADHAR system. ADHAR stands for the foundation. For those of you who understand that, um, it was uh, found, uh, funded in large part by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And there have been numerous human rights abuses. In fact, in my book, How to Opt Out of the Technocratic State, which I encourage you to pick up, I wrote this in late 2019, warning you guys about these things. It came out a month before COVID and it's been my most popular book. In the book, I talk about numerous examples that we have of uh, not only ADHAR, the system, for example, every person, they spent years going around getting the billion people in India, get, scanning every retina to create this ADHAR foundation system, which is now a digital ID that people need for pretty much everyday regular life, right? So that's an incredible feat that they went around and did that to every small village, every town and did that, right? And then they implemented the thing where you can't get your welfare, you can't get your check, you can't get all this stuff without having your ADHAR ID on. And there's examples of people literally dying, starving to death while waiting for the little bit of money they get in the government because such, you know, there's a lot of people in poverty in India and some people are very dependent on government support like that. And people have literally died because they've gone to go get their welfare check, what have you, and they are told, oh, sorry, our computers are down. The ADHAR system is not working. We can't help you, right? So there are clearly problems with going full on digital, uh, and that's just one example. And so the, the um, report focuses on that. They talk about India's ADHAR system, and they talk about a few other nations as well. And they're, they're essentially their warning is that this is being promoted by certain organizations and specifically focus on the World Bank, which I was glad to see because the World Bank, we don't maybe talk about them too often. You hear a lot more about the United Nations and the World Economic Forum more recently, but the World Bank, along with the IMF, are a big part of the financial scheme. You understand the Federal Reserve, perhaps, the Bank of England, the central banks of the world, right? Well, those are on the national level, but then you get to the international level and you got... Um, the uh, Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland, you got the World Bank, and you got the uh, IMF. These are the financial power players for the world government system, right? 
And so the report says that the World Bank has been, quote, energetically promoting biometric and other digital ID systems that are increasingly linked to large scale human rights violations, especially in the global south. <clears throat> now, that term, if you're not familiar with the global south, it means places like South and Central America, um, Africa, you know, sort of the southern hemisphere of the world that many people feel, except for maybe places like Australia, gets left behind. Um, and so it's commonly referred to as the global south. The researchers warn that digital identity schemes, quote, promoted in the name of development and inclusion might be achieving neither. And they say that despite ostensible good intentions, that these systems, again, may be paving a digital road to hell. And this is from their press release. They wrote, governments around the world have been investing heavily in digital identity identification systems, often with biometric components. The rapid proliferation of such systems is driven by a new development consensus packaged and promoted by key global actors like the World Bank, but also by governments, foundations, vendors, and consulting firms. So, you know, they're not really getting into the conspiracy angle of it. I think I might end up doing another report that focuses specifically on trying to map out all the different power players who are funding the digital identity schemes, because it's important to recognize that these schemes have been around prior to COVID. However, with COVID-1984, they received a great boost in the form of the promotion of vaccine passports. That sort of began normalizing this idea that people need to have some form of a digital ID. At this point, it's mainly like, here's an app on a phone, right? But it's we're not far away from that becoming the norm. And I'm going to show you some examples of that in a few moments outside of the examples we've already discussed. So as I mentioned, they talk about the Adhar system in India. And they talk about how when you really study the digital identification models, that it's really more of an economic model. It's not just like a digital ID for you to show who you are, but it ends up being needed for all economic transactions. Quote, the goal of such systems is primarily to establish uniqueness of individuals, commonly with the help of biometric technologies. And this in turn allows for bringing in um, impoverished people from the, quote, informal or counter economy to the formal economy. And this also has the effect of what they called unlocking behavioral de uh, data that can then be used by governments and other priorities. So think other parties. Think about that. They literally are looking at each of us as as we are because, you know, data is the new oil. Right. Your life and everything you do online is locked up behavioral data and they want to unlock that by giving people digital ids that then they can track and trace their transactions their uh probably you know i guarantee you these things will be able to track you where you go as well so your location your uh, transactions your history etc cetera, etc cetera. there's so much information you can glean from establishing something like this right um they also talk about how there has been a big push again in Africa. There's a project called ID for Africa, which I've covered before, is also funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundations. And they talk about how um, even in the executive chairman of ID for Africa said that digital ID is not just about identity, but, quote, enabling and interacting with authentication platforms, payment systems, digital signatures, data sharing, KYC systems, consent, man consent management and sectoral delivery platforms, whatever that means. So they're clearly planning like digital ID to be much bigger than just like, hey, you show your driver's license every now and then. This is going to be your only way to interact with the technocratic state that they are building. You will not be able to remain a free person without getting this digital ID. That's just the way it is. That's why myself and in this book, we talk about exiting and building, agorism, counter economics. Instead of encouraging people who are in the informal economy or the counter economy to get IDs and join the system, the idea is to encourage them to see that there's benefits and power outside of the systems. And that's what these people are afraid of. That's why they want to try to go around and convince the 
uh, poorer nations of the world that they need digital identities. And that's what I covered in my previous article called exposing, di uh, exposing the digital ID as a human rights scam, because that's what they're trying to sell to the poor of the world. You want a, a digital ID. You are not a real person unless you have a digital ID. And this is all BS, guys. You are free, powerful, beautiful people all on your own. You don't need a government document, a digital identity, a QR code to prove who you are. It's just, it just doesn't, you know, it's not the case. They want you to believe that without being a part of this system, um, call it what you will. Some people uh, have different names for it. Um, if you want to be a part of that system and if you want to hold the mark or hold the card or hold the QR code, then you, you're, you're fine. But we all know, or at least those of you who paid attention to my work and paid attention, again, in How to Opt Out of the Technocratic State, which you can download for free at theconsciousresistance.com slash howto, I talk about the Chinese social credit system and how when you bring in digital identities and social credit scores and as we're talking about central bank digital currencies, guys, this is the end of privacy. This is the end of liberty. OK, they can lock you out of the systems. You know, they can lock you out of your bank accounts. They can already do that. We've seen that in Canada. We've seen recent examples in China where they're using the covid passports to tell where people are and, and then lock them out of their bank accounts as a form of punishment. Right. That is what this is all about. It's technocracy, technocratic control of every aspect of our life. Digital surveillance, but digital control of the economic system, digital control of your life. Using social credit scores, they will reward or punish you based on good behavior. That is, it's called coercion, soft. It's like a soft tyranny, right? In the past, we had a gun to our head, right? You could see the gun to your head when the fascists have a gun to your head or a boot stomping on your face. You can feel that. You can see that. You can recognize that. But now the, infra the infrastructure of tyranny has become almost invisible. And most people don't recognize the systems that are being built around them. But when they are erected and, and ready to go, there will be no freedom within those systems. There will be freedom outside of those systems, and they'll tell all of you who stay in it that don't go, don't you dare go out there outside of the city. That's where the crazy people live, and COVID spreading everywhere, and there's monkeypox and all this stuff. They'll tell people whatever they need to to keep them afraid, because that's what power has always done. The king's going to tell you if you want to be free, if you want to be protected, stay under my control, do as I say, pay your taxes, don't ask questions. Right? That is a potential they can do that, and they are. We are now at a time and a place with the implementation of digital identity schemes, the implementation and the promotion of central bank digital currencies. And if you're new to that, I encourage you to go to theconsciousresistance.com and search central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Um, and then again, the social credit score, they can punish you. And in the Chinese system, they've said that you won't be able to take a single step if you have what they call antisocial behavior. Uh, for those who are wondering about the banking situation, go back and check out the Freedom Convoys in Canada from a couple months ago. They locked people out of their bank accounts who donated uh, money to the convoys simply for donating to the wrong cause. And in China, they used the COVID, the COVID passports, which were uh, implemented and mandatory for everybody there because those can track every location you were going. They knew that people were going to try to protest the banks and as a way to stop them, they turned their COVID pass from green to red, which meant that they couldn't travel. They were no longer were allowed to go on buses or trains, and that effectively stopped their protest. That's just one example of how they can lock you out. And all of this is dependent on a digital identity, which is why, again, it's important to recognize that the New York University report is something that can be a tool to show your normie friends who might not believe it otherwise. 
And the report details how promoters of these new digital economic identities often evade difficult questions about the legal status and rights of those who are being registered. And again, they promise inclusion, they promise new digital economies, but the report finds that these, these systems have, quote, consistently failed to deliver on these promises and real world situations, especially for the most marginalized. The ADHAR system itself has been criticized for severe and large scale human rights violations. In fact, the report finds that the evidence indicates it is the small group of companies and governments who are promoting this who stand to benefit most from these systems. Well, who are these governments and who are these companies? And this is what I get into. We talk about the World Bank. And in 2014, the World Bank, they launched their ID4D, Identification for Development Program, which they said was going to help solve this. We have the poor people of the world don't have identities. We need to help them, yada, yada, yada. This includes the World Bank funding digital biometric programs in Mexico, pushing digital identity in poor countries with the claimed goal of providing legal identity to the 1.1 billion who do not people who do not have one. Now, this ID40 from the World Bank was founded with a quote catalytic investment from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Omidyar Network. And if you don't know about Pierre Omidyar, he is the one of the founders of eBay. And uh, the Omidyar Network is involved in a lot of shady stuff. I encourage you to. I linked to some of Whitney. Um, Whitney Webb's investigations and some of the investigations from Mint Press in my article. But Pierre Omidyar also was the founder, the, the main founder of The Intercept, which for those of you who remember, Glenn Greenwald used to work there. It was specifically founded after the Edward Snowden leaks. And we were told that this was going to be the place where we would be able to learn of all about the leaks. But essentially what happened is Pierre Omidyar took control of the Snowden documents. We have never seen, the world has never seen all the Snowden documents in case you didn't know that. So there's probably even more disturbing things in those documents that we may never know about. And so this billionaire in the name of creating a new journalism outfit, created this organization and took control of those files. So that guy, along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the UK, the US government, France government, and other governments from India and Estonia, the UN system, uh, development banks, just biometric corporations, some that I've never heard of that are probably worth looking at, and card companies like MasterCard have all been in involved in funding this. And as I mentioned, many of the governments and companies that are involved in this, they're also partners with the World Economic Forum, the proponents of the Great Reset. And the Gates Foundation is more known to people. I just told you guys about the OMDR network. But there are more people. I didn't have. I didn't make it the goal of this specific report to dig deep into every single one of the people listed, but it's worth doing that. That might be on a future report. The point here is though that people are warning from New York University that this is we're headed to a dangerous place. And what I was thankful that they mentioned the sustainable development goals because as I talked about in my previous article, exposing the digital identity as a human rights scam, is that all of this comes from the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Sustainable Development Goal number. Uh, I think 16 or 17 is the one focused on getting digital identi identity for the whole world. So they're using this cover of United Nations fighting for climate change, sustainable development goals, creating a better world, all the same buzzwords we know that they always use to hide their true goals. And part of it is bringing in this digital identity scheme. Well, I was glad to see that New York University, the report actually mentioned this. They say that Proponents of the digital identity have, quote, cloaked this new paradigm in the language of human rights and inclusion, arguing that such systems will help to achieve multiple sustainable development goals. And as I talk about, sustainable development goals are actually part of Agenda 2030, which is really some global 
international tyranny in the name of fighting climate change, which which will be the loss of individual liberty and privacy. It'll be the loss of local sovereignty and of local individual cities and towns and governments being able to make their own rules. And instead, it'll be mandates handed down from the United Nations uh, and you know down to the people. So, yeah. And as I talked about, once again, in this book back in 2019, not because I'm looking at a crystal ball, but because I've been writing about this stuff for years, um, I wrote an article, this one, back in January 2020. So this was published late 2019 when this report came out, when 40 privacy groups warned that facial recognition is threatening democracy. Facial recognition, of course, is a big part of this picture because if you want to have digital identity, you want to have social credit scores, central bank digital currencies, a big part of that is you need to know where people are at at all times. And you do that by this, tracking your face print. And there are already many, many companies working on that, including one called Clearview that most people have never heard about. And uh, that is why these researchers are saying that digital identity is paving a digital road to hell. And what they say is that it's important for human rights advocates and attorneys and people like us to be asking these important questions to local, state, national, international lawmakers. Specifically, what can we meaningfully do individually and collectively to ensure that digital ID systems enhance rather than jeopardize the enjoyment of human rights? I don't know, can we do that? And then the second question is, is this even possible through digital ID systems? You know, in the report, they say a couple of times that they don't think that it has to be this way that they don't think it's maybe a specific consequence of just using digital identity that it's always going to turn out bad. But they're definitely, you know, sounding the alarm bells, waving the red flag, saying we're headed in a dangerous direction. So that's important to recognize. They they don't really have very optimistic outlook on what things are going to turn out if we continue down this path. And I ended the article with the following statement. If we do not have this crucial conversation, we may miss an opportunity if we already haven't to prevent further violations of human rights and loss of civil liberties. That is my article that was just published this weekend on The Last American Vagabond, New York University School of Law warns digital ID paving a digital road to hell. It is linked in the video which you're watching in the description. Wherever you're watching, go click on the source. It'll take you to the Conscious Resistance website and you can click on the article and read it yourself. Please share it with friends and family. Don't just share this video, share the article, please. I mean, I think it's important to remember that social media, the goal is to share information. So if you find this valuable, then please get it out to more people. It's, it's extremely important that people know about this report and that it's out there. And by the way, if you ever want to check out my articles in The Last American Vagabond, as I said, I publish weekly. You can click on my name here in this article and it'll take you to my article page um, <clears throat> where you can see my author page. You can see all my recent articles, my recent interview with Ryan about uh, the Utah situation. We did an hour and a half deep dive and you can find so much more. All of my articles and my interviews and things can be found at The Last American Vagabond. Now, if you want to find my own reports, go to theconsciousresistance.com. And that's it for today, guys. I appreciate you taking the time to really uh, spend this with me. Um, I, I want to encourage you to download the book, theconsciousresistance.com slash how to, if you can't pick up a physical copy, because well, for one, I'm going, to be po I'm going to be writing an updated version of this starting next month in August that'll be published later this year. We're going to be three or four new chapters for the post-COVID edition. But this is all practical stuff. This isn't the stuff I just told you. This is more like, well, what can I actually do about it? I hear you, Derek. I know things are getting bad. I hear the direction it's going in. But what can I do? If you want some ideas, some suggestions, I encourage you to check out the book, How to Opt Out of the Technocratic State. And whoop, Excuse me. And you can find out more about my suggestions and my ideas on that because this is going on. It's not going to disappear overnight. 
the, the, the agenda is 2030. It's 2022, my friends. The Great Reset was announced in 2020. These things are happening around us right now, and it's up to us to decide if we're going to do anything about it or simply allow it to happen. Personally, I refuse to just simply allow it to happen. So I'm putting everything I got into building a better world. I live in Mexico. I'm looking for land with a small community of people. We're trying to build an intentional community built around the principles of the conscious resistance. Our community is called the Conscious Agora. I'm working with other people in Mexico and around the world to build the Freedom Cell Network. People are buying land. People are opting out of this education system, taking their kids out. People are learning about alternative currencies. People are growing their own food. These are the solutions. These are the real solutions. It's not going to happen from the court system. I don't think the politicians are going to save us or the courts are going to save us or even the New York University reports are going to save us. It's up to us to decide if we care enough to change our actions, our behaviors. Because the other thing, while I got you and I just remembered I was going to mention this, let's go to the CIA's search engine, Google, and just search digital driver's licenses. This is something that is being introduced in certain parts of the United States. Um, and th this is another way that these things are going to come in. And in fact, the Thales group, I'm pretty sure on my article, Thales group was one of the groups I listed as uh, involved in promoting digital identity. And there, here they are. What is a digital driver's license? Apple announces first states to adopt digital driver's licenses and state IDs and Apple wallet. That does not sound like a good idea. My point is these ideas are being heavily promoted. You're going to start hearing about DDLs, the digital driver's license. And I'm pretty sure that there's at least one U.S. state that has already adopted them. Let me see if something comes up. Um, U.S. state will now accept digital driver's license on iPhone. That was March 2022. So we could continue to do this. The point is that these things are happening. This is being promoted every single day around you. Um, and if you don't, here, let me zoom that out. You guys couldn't see that one. If, we, if we're not aware of this and we don't spread this information, then people are just going to walk right into it. They're going to think, oh, wow, how convenient, how great. Of course I want a digital ID. That's so convenient. It's interconnected to all my systems. I don't have to think twice about it, right? It does everything for me, but it's going to be the end of their privacy. It's going to be the end of their freedom. It's going to be the end of what I think most of us want. So please share this video, share the article, visit theconsciousresistance.com, check out the rest of my work. If you can support us, go to theconsciousresistance.com slash invest. If you want to rock Conscious Resistance shirts, go to the Conscious Resistance, check out our store, check out the t-shirts. We got a lot of cool designs, including our most popular, the No Masters, No Slaves logo, inverted upside down pyramid. That's the way you can support my efforts. That's the way you can support what we're doing here, guys. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for spending the uh, this early afternoon with me. And until next time, my friends, as always, remember, you are powerful, you are beautiful, and you are free. And we can thrive through this, but it's going to take change. I'll see you guys soon. Peace. Since 2012, the Conscious Resistance Network has been an independent media organization focused on empowering individuals through education, philosophy, health, and community organizing. We work to create a world where corporate and state power do not rule over the lives of free human beings. Our motto is leading by example and helping others in their pursuit of freedom. Visit theconsciousresistance.com to find our articles, documentaries, interviews, podcasts, books, and more. Remember, you are powerful, you are beautiful, and you are free.